You're listening to Embolden Adventures. I'm Sarah, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, listeners and adventurers. Welcome to another episode of the Embolden Adventures podcast show. Embolden Adventures, be emboldened. Embolden Adventures is meant to inspire you to travel, to get out there, to explore, to learn. Let Embolden Adventures encourage you to take those steps to experience the world. Follow along on the adventure. Visit the website at emboldenadventures.com. Sign up for email updates on new content and ideas. Follow Embolden Adventures on Facebook and social media. And subscribe to the Embolden Adventures podcast show on the podcast page of the Embolden Adventures website. Please rate the podcast and tell us what you think. Hey, it's Sarah here from Emboldened Adventures, and this is day two of my ayahuasca retreat deep in the Amazon jungle near Iquitos in Peru. Today was a full day uh, getting us ready for the first ayahuasca ceremony we'll be partaking in about, I'd say, two hours from now. So it's right around six o'clock in the evening. Uh, the sun's beginning to set a little bit. And uh, we just had our floral baths and we'll be getting uh, ready to go to the pre-ayahuasca ceremony yoga that will then get us ready for the ceremony that starts tonight at 8 o'clock. We, uh, we kicked off the day bright and early with some yoga, but we also did something very important called the Vamativo, <laughs> which, uh, which is kind of funny in, in the name, but it is what it sounds like. It's an opportunity to vomit. And we know that with ayahuasca, there are some similarities uh, in terms of reactions that people have. In particular, the number one thing that everyone experiences is a purge. And that comes in the form of vomiting. It can also come in the other form of uh, psychedelic shits. Uh, so I think today's vomitivo was important for many reasons. One, it was um, a way to cleanse what was already kind of in our body that we came with in our stomachs. We drank some lemongrass tea and we chugged as much water as we could, warm water, that forced us to uh, naturally expunge the water out through our mouths. Uh, you know, it's important to do that to cleanse, but it's also, I think, a way for us to bond because I think this two-week experience is going to be quite extraordinary for all of us. And we're going to all walk away pretty, pretty moved and, and really a solid support system for one another. So it was a way to kind of kickstart the bonding, uh, you know, turning us from strangers into compadres. But I think number two, or number three in this case, is uh, to get us ready to vomit, uh, you know, the purge of it. Some, for some it comes easy, for some it has some negative repercussions. And so this was a kind of a natural, easy way of just kind of belching back up the water that you just, you know, chug, 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 as you would in a frat party, consume qu pretty quickly. And we did that under the guidance of the Shipibo uh, maestros and maestras, the healers that have come f pretty far actually to the Temple of the Way of Light, uh, this retreat center that we're at right now. So those were two important uh, components of the day, but we did a lot more than that too. We, um, we had a group session after lunch where we got really uh, uh, personal about the deepest, darkest, uh, reasons as to why we need some healing and why we ventured all this way and took the brave steps to come to Peru to partake in the ayahuasca uh, medicina. 
And again, that was another opportunity for bonding. But I think the biggest and most, uh, I think, uh, extraordinary thing today, beyond what we will experience tonight in the, in the uh, Maloka, the common area where we'll do the ceremony, is uh, giving us an opportunity to meet the maestros and the maestras. It was almost as if it was a panel discussion in the Maloka sitting, sitting in a circle. And we have five uh, maestros and maestras and an herbalist and a cook. And they, ca they came from areas pretty far, as I mentioned. Um, they measure it by uh, hours by boat from Pukara, which is, a, 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 I think, a small little town somewhere in Peru. I'm not quite sure exactly where it is on the map. But some have ventured, you know, three to, you know, nine hours by boat um, to come here uh, to help us and take part in the healing ceremony. Uh, they introduced their names, their Hispanic names, but also their Shipibo names. And um, their names are Richard, um, Olga, but their names are also, you know, Protector of the Wind or Anaconda Man or Sparrow that brings them all together. Um, and we learned a little bit of Shipibo as well, good morning and, and hello. And when they did address us, they addressed us with a kind uh, title as pasajeros, pasajeros and pasajeras, as passengers. Uh, they described, the, the translators and the uh, retreat uh, leaders described uh, that term as, well, one pasajero means a traveler. So typically in the past, when the Shipibo people and others had seen people who weren't uh, part of their tribe, they were typically travelers. But it also has a second meaning. It means we're gonna be traveling into these um, mystical realms, into the deepest, darkest, emotional kind of uh, hidden areas within us, um, these next seven ceremonies. And so um, <laughs> it was, the Moloka tonight was described as a spaceship and this is the spaceship we're gonna be taking off. Uh, but yeah, so we're travelers, pasajeros and pasajeras. And, you know, they first started out, both the retreat folks and, um, and the Shipibo maestros, discussing what is ayahuasca. And then they went into, you know, what we would be expecting in terms of the ceremony itself, the logistics. But also knowing that there should be no expectations as to what really will happen. It's really unclear. It's a personal journey for each and every one of us. And so uh, it's impossible to really say that this is the, the prescriptive kind of direction that everyone's going to take. <sighs> Ayahuasca is a, is a vine. It's found in, I think, the north, northwest part of Peru. And the charchuna is the, uh, it's a leaf that's found in a very different area of Peru. And to put them together is what makes the effect of ayahuasca the, um, the experience of uh, going beyond the material veil. And, you know, it's, it's, they, they kind of pointed out like how basically impossible mathematically it would be to really kind of determine, you know, putting these two plants together to then come up with this solution, uh, given how many plants are in the rainforest there are 40,000 known plants, but they suspect 120,000 plants uh, of different varieties throughout the entire rainforest. And so if you were to take those, um, a lot of mosquitoes here, if you were to take those um, con mathematical combinations and figure out kind of the matching and pairing and comparing and contrasting of what works and what doesn't, it would take millions and millions of times. 
So the maestros have said that the reason they know of this combination is because the plants told them. And they're attuned to nature in such a way where they can feel the vibrations of the energies of the plants. And this is nature's gift to us to really have an ability to understand ourselves and understand the Ayuni relationship between man and, um, and the animals. And so the Shabibo tribe use ayahuasca to hunt. It helps them to have clarity and um, insight and to really kind of see in a more clear way, you know, where the animals are. But it also helps them to connect with the animal world and ask them for permission to uh, hunt one of their own and to check in with the animals to see if they had a good year this year in terms of um, the herds or if uh, it was a good year for food or if the you know herd is pretty lean this year is if it's an appropriate time to uh, to be kind of winnowing down their herds so um, it's a very respectful process as you know Native Americans do in North America you know if they kill a deer they pray over it so it's there's a reverence for animals for nature and um, and a oneness that the Shibibo people understand so we spent a long time today really getting to know these folks and they they told us their favorite plant uh, as they introduced our, themselves uh, their names uh, how long they've been um, basically shamans and practicing and it ranged anywhere between 10 and 30 years for them uh, they go through a very extensive ceremony um, process to get to the levels that there are right now and they also told us their age and they look quite young for their age uh, they range from like late 30s to you know over 50 and not a gray hair in sight um, they come from different communities different areas in Peru but they all ventured here to help us today so um, and this these next few weeks so I'm looking forward to seeing what my first ceremony is going to be about I I think it's like this naive naivete so I'm not nervous I have no idea what I'm in for um, we did talk about uh, putting together um, intentions and so I have a few that I've written down and you know we will have lots of ceremonies there's seven as I mentioned in total um, the first one tonight is going to be an assessment ceremony so we'll go, we'll be taking a lower dose of what we would normally take and the Shabibo people actually will be under the ayahuasca medicina currently and they can read the auras and see the colors of you and see where your energy blockages are so they already can see um, beyond the, the physical um, you know what you need but also can now start gauging the doses going forward based on you know what we see uh, tonight so first one's diagnosis numbers two and three ceremonies are to clean out to flush um, and to untie any sort of um, damage uh, built up energies traumas anything that's bothering you um, those typically are the more kind of scarier ceremonies where the demons come apparently um, and you know the the emotions deep within and and so I think today's bonding from the vomitivo and you know kind of the sharing of um, you know personal journeys um, I think is an appropriate way to set the scene for I think all the deeper kind of experiences that are to come we're here to support one another and this is a, a safe space and uh, there's no sort of judgment at all into you know what our individual kind of journeys are here you know, number four, five, and six, they call are the realigning. So once that cleanse has happened, you know, the Shabibo people are going to be coming in and um, working, I'm reading my notes here, working, you know, through um, 
the universe, the environment, uh, a way to realign with ourselves and others, with the universe. This is where the geometric kind of patterns come into play. Um, it's all about health and wellness and kind of getting you back into ship, you know, tip top shape. And then that final ceremony they call is the Alcana, where they stitch us all back together metaphorically and metaphysically. So that's kind of it. Once you're, you've been cleansed and you've been kind of realigned, then you're stitched back and um, introduced back into the world. And this is more of a long-lasting kind of permanent uh, fix in, in certain respects. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what they're going to do. So the ceremony itself, um, you know, ayahuasca, what it is, is an MAO inhibitor. And so it inhibits this enzyme that is naturally occurring in our body. And we have DMT, which is the um, psychedelic uh, molecule that's found in the Chachura plant. And it's also found in mushrooms, and it naturally occurs in, in us as humans and as um, you know, natural beings. It's in lettuce, even. Um, but this MAO enzyme in our bodies uh, prevents ourselves from experiencing the DMT trip that comes from these molecules. So what the ayahuasca root does is it prevents that enzyme and allows for the DMT to flow through our body, the medicina. But the real magic is the Icaros, what they sing, the maestros. And they are kind of a portal between, you know, the spirit world, your spirit guides, the universe, the source itself, and, you know, you here currently in the, in the physical world. And that's their magic. They're the kind of conduit and they know what to sing, what those words are, the, the tone, the frequency of the song, the shaking of the rattle, the, the kind of melodic, the melody that you'll need. And there are five maestros, as I mentioned, so you'll get five Icaros for you. And they'll go around the maloka to each person and sing the Icaros to them. And then the next person will come and the next person will come. Once that's done, they'll, they'll kind of smoke some of their um, Maloka cigarette and kind of tighten you up in terms of, uh, you know, your spiritual work you've done for the night. And then the real magic begins. This is where, um, you know, the purging may happen, you know, your visions may occur. Um, you may get, you know, spiritual guidance through the form of sentences or visions or metaphors or nothing may happen. Uh, that's what they're trying to set us up for. No expectations. There, there may not be an, an, an experience, maybe round one, round two um, or ever. Um, but that's for the maestros to continue to, you know, adjust the dosage and, and kind of see what our reactions are and to get the best help that we need. But they say that the ayahuasca medicine will be working nonetheless, even though you may not have an experience of like, you know, some sort of, you know, colors or trip or out of this world kind of, you know, non-material uh, feeling. What my intentions are, are, are many. And like I said, I think I, I was called here. So I'm coming in with um, some skepticism but I, I want to be, I want unwavering faith as to that there's a higher power here and I can, you know, have faith in God, faith in the source, among all else, no matter what. And sometimes my engineer brain, my material brain is skeptical. Prove it to me is kind of the way I think about it. So I'd like to walk away from this experience to say, you know, there is something very powerful here and something very meaningful beyond what we know and to have faith as a result and to persevere through the, the challenges and to know that our souls are growing as a result. And we're here for um, many reasons that may not be well understood. 
uh, you know, I've been dabbling a lot in past life regression work and in, um, in some sort of psychic work and, you know, a lot of synchronistic things have been happening to me. And I think I've had a vision to, you know, seeing myself in the jungle th literally three years ago at Dr. Brian Weiss's past life regression uh, workshop in the Javits Center in New York City. And it didn't make any sense to me. I thought, you know, past life regression, I was, you know, an indigenous, you know, person in the Ecuadorian rainforest. But in hindsight now, it dawned on me that this is a calling for me to be in the jungle in the first place. And as I mentioned, um, you know, I recently lost my job. I got laid off and I didn't expect it to happen, but it did. And I was quite surprised, but leading up to it, um, my friend Michelle was already going on this retreat. I was already going to Morocco for Peggy's bachelorette party. And I said, ah, oh, you know, haha, if I get laid off, you know, I'll consider coming with you because I was always interested in ayahuasca, but I, um, I didn't have the balls to really actually follow through with it. I've asked the question a few times, you know, where can I maybe go figure out where it is? I've talked to a few people who've done it or know people who've done it. You know, you can do it in Colombia, Costa Rica, you know, places in New York State. But I didn't really seriously follow through with it. I was just like, oh, you know, maybe good to know. Maybe I'll try it eventually. Who knows? And as Michelle was going, I said, well, hmm, interesting. If I lose my job, I have time cleared for my schedule. I'll consider it. I'll go. And sure enough, I did. I, lost, I was like, whoa, very surprising here. Um, and it just so happens that the timing was perfect because literally I landed um, in New York from Morocco the night of February 2nd, and I turned around in the airport and got back on a flight to Lima um, without leaving the airport and headed on to Iquitos. Um, and this was the past two days that I journeyed to get here, and here we are in the rainforest. What a difference from Morocco. So yeah, so, um, and then there was a lot of cool synchronistic things that were even happening last night at dinner. Um, there's this person in Holland whose name is Wynn. He was on Joe Rogan podcast and he um, learned how to breathe and regulate his breathing. And uh, he gets into these meditative states in the cold water that he immerses himself in. And, and through his work that he taught himself, he was able to better understand the immune system more so than Western medicine. So he's become a bit of a phenomenon um, and a bit of, a, of an interesting personality. And I listened to him on Joe Rogan's podcast um, in between listening to the Ikaros on YouTube while I was working a consulting role recently before leaving. And that's how I just stumbled upon this person, Wynn. And Michelle and I were talking about him right before we were about to meet our uh, friends, our new friends here in the lobby of the hotel. Um, I mentioned, you know, I happened to see someone on TV swimming in the Antarctic Ocean, and he made me think of this guy, Wynn. And last night, after dinner, I was speaking to Andrew, one of the people here from Holland, and he mentioned that he has this neighbor who, um, you know, meditates and, you know, immerses himself in water, cold water, and is quite of an interesting character. And, and I said, oh, wait, what's his name? And he goes, oh, it's this, his name is Wynn. Turns out his is next door neighbor. And I was like, I was literally just talking about him this morning. And I called Michelle over to lunch from, from the other table during dinner, after dinner. And as I was saying, hey, Michelle, he's literally neighbors with Wynn. This other person, um, uh, Tamor, walked over, interrupted us and said, hey, by the way, here's this book I was telling you about. Didn't even understand what we were talking about. Kind of just came, brought it upon himself to interrupt because he found the book in the library at the restaurant, uh, the sorry, the dinner hall we were at. And it's the book, it's Wynn's autobiography. 
literally as we were talking to Michelle that the fact that Andrew is neighbors with Wen. So that's just an interesting synchronistic kind of, you know, coincidence. So it's all these kind of things that are happening to me that I think there is something, I think, quite powerful going on here. And I want to see, you know, what's behind the curtain, as they say in, you know, The Wizard of Oz. But my other intentions are beyond that is, you know, I want to know who am I? What's my purpose? You know, what should I be doing with my life? Why am I losing my job? You know, why is it that in between my jobs I have periods of, you know, intense spiritual growth in this area, the area of the mysticism? You know, why was, why was I brought here? Why did Mama Hayawaska bring me here in the first place? You know, I'd like to understand those answers. Um, you know, what is this spiritual work I've been dabbling in? And is this a calling of mine? Should I be kind of expanding upon it, learning about it? And I met two people here from Atlanta who know a lot more about this space than I do. And you know, already are suggesting I kind of look into metaphysical kind of classes in uh, Arizona. Um, you know, what is my path? You know, all these kind of interesting things. Why, why is there bouts of anger in terms of emotions that I have? You know, why, why do I have anxiety? You know, why do I twirl my hair, bite my nails? I mean, there's all these other things that, you know, I'd like to learn, but tonight is going to be an assessment night and we'll see how we go. Um, it's almost time, uh, to get moving to the Maloka. I'm going to get ready. I just had my flower bath, as I mentioned, the herbalist, uh, douses us with these, um, aromatic cold water baths of herbs and flowers that, um, are a good way to cleanse us and, and get us ready for, you know, these, uh, spiritual ceremonies. So, um, as you can see, I probably have some the little flowers in my hair now and it's still a little wet. See, here's a flower here, uh, from the herbal bath. And we have to uh, just dry naturally, no towel drying, no kind of rubbing it off. Um, but you can see, you know, my neighbor across the <laughs> this little community here. Um, we have our pillows, um, our blankets. You know, we're going to get ready to be comfortable tonight. We may even be sleeping in the Maloka, depending on how long the ceremony takes. So, uh, so yeah, here we go. Um, I'm sure it'll be great. I, uh, I'm sure this is going to be a very worthwhile experience. And if anything, it's gotten me to the jungle, which is super cool. Um, it was great to kind of sleep in, in the noises of the rainforest last night. I saw a tarantula and there was a frog in my, <laughs> in my, uh, in my bathroom and someone said they already saw a snake. So we'll see. I mean, this is nature for you. I'm getting bit by mosquitoes here. Um, yeah, so let's see how this goes. I'll definitely check in with you and get you updated on all there is to see and understand and, and more to come, I'm sure. So uh, keep with me on this journey. Be emboldened. Sarah from Emboldened Adventures, signing off.